you know when you're working a night shift and it's 3 a.m. and it's like, are we drunk or delirious? I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. And you're listening to Drunk or Delirious, a night shift podcast. Um, I went to a Christmas party down in Colorado Springs. My, um, our like older couple friends have a big Christmas party every year. So, um, that was last night and yeah, normally we like stay down there, um, and spend the night, but we didn't have anyone for like Charlie and I was like, I need to like not be down there all day like because that's what it's going to turn into and like be productive today and then we get home at two something in the morning and you know I get out of bed at 10 so it's going really well you know what well you're doing better than me because I got out of bed at 12 <laughs> what did you do to. last night <laughs> um it was Eric's like winter formal so it was fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We just, um, it was just close by to our house. Super fun. Um, just, yeah, just danced, saw, saw all of his friends, went to a bar after. That sounds so fun. It, it was really fun. Yeah. But just, I mean, drank a lot. <laughs> yeah. What did you and I wear? Was, I wore, um, I got this dress like a few years ago from Nordstrom that it's bright red. I don't have any pictures. I'm an idiot. But, I, I've had it for a long time and I was like, I might as well wear it again because it's just sitting in my closet. Yeah. It was like a, it's red, like, um, you know, like off the shoulder and then it has a big flap, but it's like cute. Like it, like it was like a big flap. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I think I can, I think <laughs> it's I'm hard to picking describe up what you're putting down. But yeah, and it's like short, like above my, above the knee. Um, it's cute. Yeah, it was fun. I had a good time. But I was also just like, um, I want to like, this is kind of my last raw. I mean, I'm sure I'm going to, I'm obviously going to drink and fit it into my macros and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, um, I guess I can, I can talk to the, the audience, but you know, at Sarah, who was our guest from like, I don't know. Episode 23. Oh, well, look at you. Episode 23. I only know that because I just like posted it and they have like a new community group chat, by the way, for all the followers, it's completely free to the community, oh, um, cool. but just like a really good place for support. But I like posted, um, like my little intro in there and was like, I have a podcast and Sarah was on episode 23. Oh my God. I love it. Yeah. So if you guys haven't listened to that episode, highly, highly recommend. Um, she is a coach and she just, she is so amazing. And, um, talks about all things like fitness and nutrition and Mm -hmm. gives us a lot of tips as like nurses and night shift workers and stuff like how can we can live healthier lifestyles but anyway I just signed up with her and Emily's been working with her and has seen like amazing progress so I'm so excited to start but yeah now it's like okay I like I'm paying this money I have to be serious about this now (laughs) because like otherwise like the only person I could blame is myself um so today is like the official start I guess like it's my first week so now I'm like Last night I was drinking and I was like, fuck it, you know, and now I'm like, okay, now it's time to be serious. Yeah. And it, I feel like I did that too. Or yeah, it's fine. And I feel like I'm going to stop really drinking 
um, come like January. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm going to like really, really just like rein it in and drink for like special <laughs> occasions. Like when we go to Hawaii or like yeah. a bachelorette party and whatnot, because I'm going to be doing a cut and like, yeah. Yeah, you can't fucking fit alcohol into your macros. And and for people, it's a little complicated, but alcohol, I mean, is a toxin that we're putting into our body, which I mean, and I partake regularly, so <laughs> I'm not judging anyone that does this, but your body doesn't, um, stops like metabolizing all other nutrients. Like it stops like burning fat or carbs or anything. And it just tries to get that alcohol out of your body. So if you're working on, you know, fat loss goals and things like that, like it really does hinder, um, your progress. It'll slow it down. Um, but it doesn't, I mean, it's not going to completely derail it unless you're like binge drinking and overeating every single day. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. There's a balance. That's all. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And And that's what she's all about. It is. And now I found that I, I find that I'm like, okay, I can all have like one or I'll have like two drinks. And then I'm like, cool, I'm good. Like, and then I'll switch. And I, I've been getting like a tequila soda with lime, like something that's like less like calorie dense cocktail wise or like a seltzer. And then, and then I just get like club soda and, and lime too to like drink the rest of the night. Cause I just like to have something fun. Yeah. To something to sip on. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited for you to start. I'm excited. Yeah. It's going to be, um, at least I have counted my macros before. Like, yeah. Because you helped me with that, with the MyFitnessPal. So at least I'm like somewhat familiar with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it'll be like, you know, trial and error. and yeah. But at least um, I have a guide. Like I know what I should be actually hitting. So. Yeah. yeah. And then there's like a bunch of like sample meals, which I think... I'm going to try, like, not yeah. every day, but I think I'm just going to, like, try to eat those because then it's easy. Like, I don't yeah. mind eating the same thing every day. So I'll just same. do that. And then and then I think I'll start to play with it more. Like, yeah. Get a little, like, just get comfortable and then you can, like, yeah, finagle, yeah. finagle with it. I literally, like I was telling Hannah before I got on, I made some oh, pancakes so and I've been eating them, like, literally every single day. Um it's fucking delicious. <laughs> They're like, it looks so good. It's so good. I can't stop eating it. It's like the gluten-free pancake mix from Walmart, which is like surprisingly insanely good. Oh my God. Like, I don't know why it's so good, but I've tried a lot of mixes and this is like fire. Mm. I do that and then I mix in, I mean, it calls for an egg um, and then some, I do like a protein milk and then, uh, I put in some Greek yogurt or I put in pumpkin puree mm. and cinnamon. And then, um, if you've never heard of like PB fit powder, it's like powdered peanut butter, but mm. it takes out a lot of the fat that you get from peanut butter and it's mostly just like protein. So, um, I mix that powdered peanut butter with like a little water and then I, that's like my, oh, yeah. my syrup Yeah, or you can get like. I mean, you could use real syrup too if you can fit it in, or like the there's a Lakatano, which is like the monk fruit sweetener brand, mm. like has a monk fruit maple syrup that's like I think very little calories. Yum, too. yeah, love it. That looked so, so good. Things. I was like, meanwhile, I'm eating like scraps. Like I was eating like a, <laughs> a small bowl of cereal. I was like, uh, that's fine. I'll go grocery shopping later. Yeah, <laughs> I need to. I feel you. I feel you. Oh. We don't have a lot left. Okay. I just emptied my bag. 
of my pancake mix, so I have to go get more. It's time to go to Walmart, baby. Right? Said no one ever. <laughs> I guess that's where I'm going today. <laughs> Actually said everyone in West Virginia. That's where they all shop. Sorry, I'm being judgmental. It's, I no, mean, it's what I they just, have, you know what I mean? But. Yeah, and I think <clears throat> their, like, their shelf stuff, like is really cheap and it's essentially it's the same thing that you're going to buy at a regular grocery store so you might as well and i think the produce definitely will vary but based on each place but i don't know i'll see what happens today yeah i'm sure you guys are all really interested on how that goes (laughs) so interested um (laughs) there are two things that i wanted to bring up on our intro (laughs) great let's do it okay the first thing that I've, that's been on my mind lately at work. Do you ever, when you're burping a baby, burp? I don't think so. <laughs> I need to know if this happens to other people. Like, I need to know. Because I swear to God, I have sympathy burps every time. Like, I'm I'm patting, I'm patting, and I'm that like, so <laughs> funny. I, yeah, no, that, I don't think so. I mean, it's been a minute, but I don't think that I do, like... I need to know like if anyone else so please message me and let me know because uh yeah I mean it's not just a coincidence like it's like I don't know I'm burping myself um okay and number two we were talking about this but (laughs) I need to know you fold your toilet paper (laughs) yeah which is funny because I just took a poop (laughs) Um, I was, I was like, I know she's gonna ask me about this. Um, well, I don't like, like that video. There was this <clears throat> reel on Instagram that was like, if you fold your toilet paper, you're a psychopath, and it like showed someone like very carefully like folding it. And I, I don't do that. I like hold it and then I like wrap it, wrap it around oh. my hand. Okay, and then it's like. But I don't like I feel like if you scrunch it like I just make a wops up ball. But then you can't like you, I don't know like there's less surface area I guess that so you can like fold it over again and then you like it's you use, you use less toilet paper I think if you fold it. Probably. Because then you don't have to keep grabbing new wads. <laughs> All I do is wad. I've wadded my whole life. And you, you sent this video to me, and I'm like, yeah, right? Haha, <laughs> psychopaths, like, who are folding. And then Emily's like, like, I fold it. I was like, what the fuck? And then I'm talking to Eric, and I'm like, babe, do you fold your toilet paper? And he's like, yes. I was like, what? Am I the psychopath? I What I was thinking, because I, I mean, obviously, I fold mine in a, in a way. So I was like, this video is funny. I wonder, I feel like the people that want it are psychopaths, but... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what Dan does. I feel like he. I gotta ask him. You have to ask him. It's so weird because you think you know people. He uses an absurd amount of toilet paper. I know that. Oh, does he? Yeah. Maybe he wads. I think he might wad. Huh. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe each couple is a pair of a folder and a water. <laughs> maybe. Then that's the perfect match. Yeah. We should put a poll on our Instagram story. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's great. <laughs> I need um, to know. I'll, I'll ask oh those two God. questions after we finish. I'll, I'm going to put them up. That's and then so funny. People who listen will understand where that's coming from. 
Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Um <clears throat> what was I going to say? That we say this at the end in our uh, in our outro we were talking about we should probably say it at the beginning because it will be really helpful to us. <laughs> um, yes. But if you guys could like go on and rate the show, like review it, whatever, that would be amazing. It will really help us, you know, um, get more listeners <laughs> and like get more traction. And um, if you can, if you follow our, our um, show as well, then you'll get updates when new episodes come out. And um, yeah, it'll just be really helpful for us. But apparently, according to Spotify, let me read this stat really quick. We are in the top 10% of the most followed podcasts. How is that even possible? Which is funny because the question was like, or the stat is like 18% of your listeners follow your podcast. And that means that we're in the top 10%. So y'all need to step your game up because only 18% of you actually follow. Oh my gosh. Yes. Follow just kidding. Us. We love you. We, th- we love yeah, you so we much. We appreciate it. Oh my gosh. It's just crazy that people actually listen to us, but... Um, yeah. And I don't know, maybe there's some listeners out there who just listen, but like we are, we're on Instagram too. So follow us on Insta, mm-hmm. you know, all the places. And TikTok. Yep, we don't TikTok. really post different things on TikTok, um, but you can follow us there anyways. Yeah, it's like the same, <laughs> the same. But um, yeah, follow us and um, and message us and stuff like we're responsive. So yeah, I don't know. All these stats that we got from Spotify were really, really cool. And it's yeah. like... I don't know. It's just really humbling and like we're still in such shock that people actually listen to us every week Um, because we're just like, I don't know, very normal people. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. Like that's just really cool. Like I I listen to podcasts every single week too and I love them and it's weird to think that that's what people do for us. I know. So it was like great yeah it was like inception like I was when you texted me about those Spotify stats I was driving back from West Virginia and I was listening to the chatty broads final episode and it was really emotional but they were talking about how you know about the listeners and like how there's a face behind every every like number and they were saying Mm -hmm. how like um you like they listen to podcasts every single week and it's crazy that people listen to them. And I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, like they're my, that's my favorite podcast. They're my girls. And then I'm, I'm getting these texts from you about our podcast. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mm. people listen to us. That's cool. Yeah. It's Sorry, so that was cool. a rant, but yes. It is really cool. And there's people that listen to us that are uh, in Canada, Ireland, the UK, Australia. What? Hello. Come on the show and let's talk about nursing in those countries. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Introduce yourselves on Instagram. Like we would love to meet you. This is so freaking cool. We were heard in 19 countries. Like that is mind boggling to me. So how did you find us? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Tell us that too. Cause we don't know anything. We just edit and post these and that's what happens. Like, <laughs> and then we just like set it free. Um, so yeah, it'd be cool to know like how you came across us. Yeah. Oh my, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate um, it. Fuck. We really do. You know what? It's 3 a.m. and you go into your patient's room and you don't want to wake them up with the bright overhead lights, but you need to turn on a light to see what the hell you're doing. Now there's a solution. You have to try Lumify's U Night Light. 
I love my Unite light. Seriously, a game changer if you work the night shift like we have for years. It's super small and clips to your scrub top, has three different color settings, and emits enough light to illuminate your workspace, check IV sites, vent checks, honestly, you name it, in the middle of the night. The Unite light was created by healthcare workers, our amazing friends Jen and Anthony over at Lumify, for healthcare workers. You can get your own Unite light or anything in the Lumify marketplace for 10% off with our discount code DODPODLUMIFY. That's D-O-D-P-O-D-L-U-M-I-F-Y to get 10% off your order today. So today we have two very special guests, um, Lindsay and Renard. They are a nurse couple. Um, I got to meet Lindsay when we were both working in California, and I've been following her adventures ever since. And they're just amazing. So welcome to the show, you guys. Thanks for Thank you. Us. We're excited. Thanks. Yay. Um, yes. Can you tell us a little bit about yourselves, like where you're from and like, I don't know, how you guys met, whatever you want to share? Yeah, sure. sure. You go first. You go first? Ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm Lindsay. I'm originally from Kingston, Massachusetts, which is kind of in the, like the general Cape Cod area of Mass. Um, I grew up there. I went to school in Western Massachusetts, Springfield, did my four years of nursing school, started working in med surge telly for about a year. And um, during that year, I was a new grad. I met Renard actually through one of my best friends, my college roommate. And she was like, she called me. She moved to the city by herself. She didn't know anyone. It was Albany, New York. And she's like, you got to be my friend. He's just like you. And she was telling me about him. And I was like, he doesn't really sound like me. Like he's seven years older and he used to be an accountant. And I was just like, he's from New York and like, mass, like New, New England people don't like people from New York. Like it's like a, it's like a sports rivalry, but it just, you know, you're just like, oh, like New York. Um, which is funny because we live in New York now. But um, so we met and we became really good friends um, for like probably six months. And then he convinced me to do travel nursing He's like, you got to do it. Like, you'll make all this money and we'll have so much fun in California. So me and my friend, my roommate from college, were like, all right, let's try it out. And uh, we went there and I went to Northern California. Um, I lived in Oakland and I commuted like two hours to work. It was horrible. And I worked nights. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, it was. I had to go like through the bridge. Yeah. Up in Santa Rosa. Is that Um, where you were? Yeah, I worked in Petaluma Valley. Okay. Yeah, so I worked up there and it was just very far. But that's <laughs> yeah. what we were working with, I had no, I had like no money. Like I had literally zero dollars. So I was just on a prayer there. I was like, well, <laughs> my friend's living here, so we're just going to make it work. And um, and then Renard and I just started dating because we he was in Sacramento at the time. Yeah. So we would all hang out as a group. And then it just like automatically happened. We started dating. And then two months later, we moved to Los Angeles. Um, so we moved in only after dating for two months, which was oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, I'm not that dirty, so I've been bad. Uh, right. So yeah. So she left out some of the good stuff, but um, my name's Renard. I'm from New York, and uh, yeah, my story. Nursing's a second career for me. I was first doing accounting. Absolutely hated it. That's what I went to school for, and. You know, I was like, what do I like? So I worked in fitness for about four or five years. Clicked with a lot of healthcare people that were clients and that type of thing. And uh, I was like, all right, I guess I got to bite the bullet and go back to school. So didn't know anything about nursing at all. Like started in the hospital and nursing school the same day. 
So just complete shell shock, clueless. So from Excel spreadsheets to grandma and grandpa and bed changes <laughs> and you know, a totally, totally different world. Oh my God. But, um, but yeah, I've had a great experience. I met Lindsay, like she said, through her college roommate. We were we both were new grads on the same telemetry unit together. Okay. And I knew I wanted to travel. So I got my nine, 10 months experience and hit it. And Damn. Uh, Damn. Yeah. yeah, that was a little wild. Yeah, I, knew I, I only wanted... waited 12 months. I was like, yeah. I don't know about that. Nah, I knew I wanted to be be out. So I, I um I did nine months to the local contract in New York because I was like, yeah, hey, it's a little crazy to go to California straight from New York. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tested the waters and then went to Sacramento, kind of sight unseen. And I've been traveling for just over three years. And um, yeah, when we got to California and Lindsay's Lindsay's roommate, her friend bailed at the last minute. Oh, so that's originally the kind of like also why I went out there. She got bailed on and she was living all by herself. So that like, I don't know what to do. And I was like, I'll just quit my job. So that's, <laughs> that's amazing. How, so that that's how crazy. And it's like really funny talking about it out loud because now Lindsay and I are so calculated with our stuff. And like then yeah. we really were just <laughs> that's wild. Nursing changed it yeah. or COVID or life or what, but now we like overthink every move before we do it. When then we were just doing whatever. So. Yeah, that was a real wow. irresponsible, but turn out. <laughs> it worked out. It's pretty amazing yeah, really to see did. like where you guys started from and like where you are now. Like I remember like when I met you, Lindsay, like you were like so scared of traveling. Like you were because it was your <laughs> first assignment. You were so nervous. <laughs> and now you were just like so um, like amazing and confident and like give like the best advice to like nurses and new grads and and you've like gone back to school multiple times and like the fact that your relation like, you just met Renard like when I met you and you were like yeah I met this guy and like <laughs> yeah you guys are engaged it's so cool <laughs> I know it's wild yeah, I know it's crazy goes. talking about it out loud with you guys like it really is wild looking yeah. back at it it's so different it's so yeah <laughs> and moving in after two months, I kind of can relate because Eric and I moved in after like six months of dating in Santa Rosa. We like talked about that when I met you. I was like, oh, I was so excited for you, though. You know, you were like, I've seemed like a good like turning point, you know, yeah, like, and everything. So, oh, so cool. So cool yeah. to see how far you guys have come. Thanks. So what kind of like nurse? I mean, I know that um, you guys are doing something different now, but like what kind of nurses have you been and like are you now? Sure. You want to kick it off again? Yeah, sure. Right. So I started off um, as a med surge nurse, and um, that was in Massachusetts. And I did that for about a year before I started traveling. And my first travel job was actually med surge telemetry. So some med surge units don't have any heart monitoring, and some do. Um, so when I started, like I told my recruiter, I was like, I don't have any experience with like any heart monitor or anything. And she's like, Ah, you'll learn. And like, <laughs> it's a tiny hospitals, eighty beds. So it was like the perfect. Oh, yeah like start off point um because they weren't sick at all it was like a nursing home it was like <laughs> nights it was honestly like the easiest job i've ever had um and they showed me everything they were like oh this is how you do it and i took acls and i just kind of learned as i went along um and then for like the rest of our contracts we kind of were able to do step down and float pools so like med surge usually there's lots like of a, float pool. Lots yeah, of float pool. um there's med surge then 
the level above that's telemetry and then there's step down and then there's ICU. So we did everything adult that wasn't like the ER or the ICU. Okay. Um, and then I did that for a while and then I took a staff job in the cath lab um, while okay. I was getting my master's in education here in New York. And I love that. It was like a pre pre post kind of situation. I would work the patient up before the procedure and then recover them after kind of like a PACU for cath lab patients. And that was amazing. I love that job so much. Then I went back to travel for a little bit in the full pool just to save up for our wedding. And now I'm working as a clinical nurse educator on a um, telemetry unit. Um, I've been doing for almost like, I think like seven months now. Um, but I love it. it was, it's like the perfect spot for me. Um, I was definitely nervous because it's so different from being a bedside nurse, but it was like the perfect change after like working COVID and COVID crisis, which came with the med surge aspect. We worked a ton of like mostly COVID because nobody wanted to work it. So they would just like shunt all the especially travelers. Being, especially being in the float pool. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Yeah, all of the hardest, most acute COVID patients yeah. like all the time. Mm. <laughs> Oh, that sounds overwhelming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's wild talking about it. And then um, I started off in a cardiac neurotelemetry unit. And I, at the time, was new grad. And I also worked per diem in the psychiatric emergency room. Um, so those were, uh, Telly was very good to establish like a foundation. I really enjoyed the crisis, even though, you know, people, it's it's a it's a wild environment to work in the psychiatric emergency room, but it's a, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. And then I traveled um, pretty much all telemetry and um, float pool. We literally floated, did any and everything. I yeah. mean, we've been in some crazy scenarios. I mean, they would say it's like these certain things, but with the overflow cases with COVID, we would be sent to like PACUs in the all middle type. of the night holding like random patients with like curtains and like not real units didn't have real supplies like oh yeah really do some weird things like mm. just in like the crisis situation and even with um certain contracts would have you like transporting patients which yeah you're not supposed doing all to types do unless stuff. you're like an icu nurse like just Jeez. all types yeah. of very odd situations yeah so <laughs> done done a lot of a lot of stuff and then i did I did one of the one or two of the like crazy crisis contracts where you do the six days mm. a week, and oh I traveled gosh. from Northern California to Southern California for that. So that was good experience and exposure. And then after Stanford, we uh, which was great, nothing bad to say yeah, about Stanford amazing. at all. But I was like, damn, I'm making all this money. I'm only working three days a week. Stanford's as good as it's going to get in this specialty. I was like, and this shit's still trash. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I have to switch specialties and entertaining going back to school. So I'm in the pack you now and just much happier. Just because what healthcare is and like, you know, it's unfortunate that telemetry and med search can't be enjoyable, which for sure, for some people, I'm sure it is, but for where I'm at, not not so much. So I'm much happier in the vacuum. Yeah. yeah, that I mean, <laughs> my God. And I feel like a lot of people have been transitioning to like pack you pre post, like that kind of scenario. It's just a yeah. much more even keel. I feel like, like it's just yeah. <laughs> from the chaos, yeah, that you guys experienced over the last several years. I can imagine being in the pack you as a like. A breath of fresh air. Yeah, night and day for sure. Yeah. For sure. 
Oh my gosh. And are you days, nights? Uh, I do midship, so I do 11 to 11. Okay. And uh, But no weekends, no holidays, no on-call. Oh, oh yeah. It's a dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. You guys deserve it after everything you dealt with with COVID. Well, like, that's what we tell ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, we Seriously. saw it in the NICU, but not. it's not the same. No, you know? no. It just mm-hmm. wasn't the same. So we didn't do yeah. much. I mean, we did, but we didn't do much. <laughs> That's how it feels compared yeah. to everyone else. I'm just like, <laughs> we had it. We did have it really, um, really made uh, con- yeah. considering everything. Um, and you're, are you back in school, Renard? Did you start? Yep. Yeah. So I'm a crazy person. I am in psychiatric nurse practitioner school. Awesome. Part time. And I wow. guess. It's kind of part time with my MBA in uh, healthcare <laughs> administration, so I'm Casual. in two master's programs. Yeah. <laughs> Casual. You guys are wild, <laughs> both of you. Yeah. So, so that is wow. life now. So full time work and then part time in NP schools for psych and part time in MBA school for business administration. Wow. So what's like the long term goal for you, like? Are you going to um, do the nurse practitioner route or like you're just so, going to have both and you can <laughs> switch it up? <laughs> oh, so yeah, my plan is honestly, it was sadly like kind of eye opening with both of our sets of parents getting older and kind of like I had to help my mom navigate some stuff in, in and out of the hospital. She's fine. And then like Lindsay's parents, similar stuff. And you just kind of realize having a report to the hospital as you get older, like obviously people do it, but just seeing where your role is in your family and you're the one who has to be there to navigate x y and z that having multiple options just can kind of eliminate some of the stress that you can't avoid so i think by having the mba it gives you options of remote work as well as Mm -hmm. the nurse practitioner you um options as far as remote work goes and then in a perfect world, I would love to do some type of hybrid consulting position. I really mm-hmm. want to bridge the gap between providers, corporate and nursing. Mm-hmm. I feel like the hospitals that have less of a gap between top level management and the actual clinical staff are the most successful hospitals. So I would love to figure out a role to combine the two, especially in the mental health side. Awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Thanks. So important. Yeah. There is such a disconnect between. Yeah. yeah. You just don't get it. You know, there's not many brains or, you know, typically one person's brain works this way and the top management side and then the clinical side works differently where I don't think either party means any harm to the other, but we need that synergy and collaboration between the two parties to optimize healthcare as a whole. Yeah, Absolutely. Yes, it's a lot of um, profits over people and, you know, it's a business, it's money and yeah. And you could still be very, very, very lucrative (laughs) and make it a better environment for all parties. That's kind of like, you know, my mission. And then your staff, guess what? They won't leave and then you won't have to pay (laughs) travelers freaking hundreds of thousands of dollars to work there wow (laughs) i mean not that we don't love it but like (laughs) i'd also would love to get paid what i'm worth and just stay in one job (laughs) like that'd be great are so like underpaid 
Ew, I just did a research project on job satisfaction, and it's surprisingly, it's very limited to do with dollars and cents, you know, as far as surveying nurses specifically. So, yeah, food like, for thought. Working Interesting. Like money always makes me feel a little better, but that's just me. Like, I'm like, I'll put up with some bullshit if you're paying me enough. Yeah. Likewise, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Makes it a little easier. <laughs> sure. And um, Lindsay, you're back in school again, right? Um, yeah. So I got accepted to the same uh, psychiatric nurse practitioner program as Bernard did, uh, but mine doesn't start till the fall of 2023. So I haven't started okay. quite yet, but preparing for that um i already have a master's so it's kind of it's not as bad <laughs> um because you've already taken a lot of the classes so you okay. kind of go like almost straight to clinical it's it's pretty fast oh, oh that's cool yeah um but i'm really looking forward to it i love teaching but personally like we well i us, i guess both of us want to live in massachusetts um and the jobs there are much more competitive than they are here in upstate new york and I was just looking at teaching jobs for like the job I have now. And there's like literally almost nothing available because um, people stay in those jobs till they die. Yeah. So I was like, I just want to have a lot of options because after working in bedside and just like everything with my mental health and like COVID, yeah, I'm like, you know, sure. I just want to, it's just like also like making more options um, where I think I could always use teaching, you know, be a clinical instructor, teach a course or a lab or something, but also, um, work as a nurse practitioner. And I think for a long time, I was really scared and really against becoming a nurse practitioner because I was so overwhelmed with nursing and the responsibilities we have as a nurse. And I feel like you don't really realize it in school. And then you're there and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm like the only person right now who's like seeing all these things with this you know, these five people that I'm taking care of. And it's just so overwhelming that imagining prescribing, um, creating, you know, a diagnosis, all the planning uh, was really overwhelming at that point. But um, as I'm like growing in my career, especially now working as a nurse educator, really focusing on education, I feel like it's really opened up my mind to uh, what I can do because there's a lot of things I'm doing now that I never saw myself doing. Uh, in my career, I am the head of our CAUTI committee at my hospital. It's a level one trauma center. So it's like massive. And I'm like in charge of everything, like all the products that we use, like oh, wow. making sure that the staff know everything, making sure that we're hitting like the quotas for joint commission and making sure, you know, our CAUTI levels are low. And, you know, that <laughs> includes a lot of public speaking, which I really <laughs> enjoy especially when it's like the head of public health or, you know, for a hot, like, it's like, wow, this is a lot. Um, but I just feel like you don't really know your capabilities until you really go uh, head first into them. So uh, that's one of my goals there and just expanding my practice. That I'm really, really excited for. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh my God. I'm so excited for both of you. Like that, like <laughs> such, you have so much, ahead of you to look forward to and the opportunities you guys are both you know opening up for yourselves is it's gonna be really cool to see where you guys go oh, my gosh thank you so much yeah. yeah agreed yeah and it's just cool too because it's like no matter where you are in your nursing career like if you're burnt out like there's it's proof that there's just so many options like you yes. don't have to stay somewhere if you're unhappy you know yes. there's there's ways to further your education or like you know like going back to the like going to pack you rather than like 
suffering on a med search floor, you know, that's pretty cool. I definitely think that's the best takeaway from anything that we, that, you know, that we said, you don't have to go back to school. You don't, I don't, you don't have to do exactly what we're doing and do a bunch of crazy stuff, but you just have a plethora <laughs> right. of options for yeah. sure within the field. Cause I felt like, I don't know. I always felt like I tried really hard at bedside and I just tried to be like the best version of myself and like the best nurse I could be. And I just felt like I was never really reaching that point. Um, and I think it's because like, I'm very like controlling with certain things and like it's people, it's healthcare, it's business. Like you're never going to have the amount of control that you want to do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just the way the world was in COVID it's like, we didn't have enough masks and like people were telling us to limit how many times we would go in a room. So it's like, Right. You know, with like your patients, like you take a lot of pride. Like I take a lot of pride in like cleanliness and like making sure everybody's like clean and like all their tubings are changed. And like that just like went out the window with COVID. Like I remember just going in people's rooms and I'm like, who left this like this? Like this is a zoo and like, you know, just like cleanliness and environment. And that was just so hard for me to get over. But you realize there's like systemic issues, right, in the healthcare system. And that's what, you know, it, tumbles down to um and i got really discouraged by that but being in this new position that is not no longer in the bedside i still interact with patients i still interact uh, mostly with staff and help them orient and learn you know the unit and learn how to do different skills so i still get to do things with patients but um learning that you have capabilities as a nurse that aren't just you know your clinical skills and sometimes someone can be a great nurse and they're not a great teacher and they can be you know not the best or smartest nurse and they can be an amazing teacher. So, and then one just thing, to think about. and then one thing that Lindsay said that's very cool with being together and both working in similar fields is that we can both honestly say that each of us are happier. You could see the other person happier in their new role, and vice versa. Yeah. So that's kind of you know it's definitely reassuring. It's like all right, I made the right decision because the person I'm with sees that I'm happier. This is kind of sad, but also good. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, you yeah. know, you felt one way before. So that's definitely been life lately. We've both been a lot happier, po- you know, coming home and stuff like that. Yeah. I think with COVID too, it just like, I think even like looking at my Instagram and my nursing blog before COVID, like we were so excited. Like we were so excited to be travel nurses. And, yeah. and I don't think that wore off. Like I think travel nursing still an awesome choice but i just think that covid just like took all of like the fun out of it almost it was just like it just made it different it definitely yeah, made it after different. that i was just i just didn't feel the same way that i did before and it was, it was, it was just a bummer because you know you come to the profession so excited and so new and like ready to make this massive impact and then it's like you totally get the wind out of your sails there you know yeah it is sad it is sad like you can't really provide like safe care and yeah. it's scary for your license and for those yeah. patients because there's only one of you. And if you have like all these patients, like you, yeah, you don't have time to like do what you, you know, what you were saying, like changing all those tubing and making sure everything's like pristine. Like there's no time for that. Yeah. If, you, no. if you're juggling like all these different things, it's, it is sad. Unrealistic yeah. expectation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're doing the six days a week contracts and oh like gosh. you're making a ton yeah. of money, but you're like oh burning gosh. out every ounce of energy and like mental capacity that you have i'm sure right. like i can't like three days a week is plenty for me and I'm <laughs> me, like, too. Oh, me too doubling oh, yeah. that Absolutely. holy yeah <laughs> mm. but that's crazy I mean, the money's great <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. but the ptsd right 
the the effects (laughs) it has on the rest of your life um my gosh i've even noticed like just the little things that happen after working bedside like i'm sure you guys realize this because you work in the nicu like the amount of sounds that are there like i'm i've become so sensitive to sound because especially in covid people would desat so quickly especially like when it first happened that you were like hyper vigilant about everything you'd hear like mm-hmm. ding 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 and you'd be like well because someone could go from like fine intubated like that like so quick <sighs> and like now i even it's hard it's like i still i still have i know you have an issue with that sometimes too like little noises i don't know what it is but it's like definitely from like bedside and like working in such mm-hmm. a high stress environment where you need to listen to every little ding and bang all over the place so it's just it's crazy how it can like still affect you that's super interesting because i feel like i am really sensitive to sounds and to like loud noises yeah um and that maybe because i've never thought about it like that like maybe because the nicu is very quiet so like if something loud is happening it's like really startling and so like i hate i don't know when people are like yelling next to me or like i I, like hate it it like makes my entire body tense up and I'm like I wonder why that that would that's, make sense really that's why I mean I'm like psychoanalyzing myself right now yeah <laughs> no I'm like this is it I makes gotta sense. think about this <laughs> yeah like even when the NICU is quiet though like there's kind of always something oh, beeping always like a sound the monitors yeah. and then like all the different pumps and like we get so used to it because you have to like respond to all those different pumps so you know like right away like what is beeping but it is crazy. And like even on a good day or a quiet day or whatever, like I still find myself feeling like so tired at the end of my shift. And it's like it's overstimulating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's exhausting for sure. Yeah. Hmm. yeah and it's crazy. different too. Like I realized after going to my new position, like how different it is in like my off days. Like when I worked as a nurse, I worked, you know, three twelves. Um, and now I work four ten hour shifts. And it's just so different. Like when I come home, like I can do something the next day and I'm like, okay. Like before it was just like that. If I did three in a row, I would just like be like, and be like irritable. Mm-hmm. And I just definitely don't encounter, encounter that anymore. So that's like really interesting too, how that affects you. Yeah, that really is. I, and just probably being in an educating role, like you're not, yeah, you're not at the bedside. You're not with, uh, like surrounded by all of that. It's a different stress that you're experiencing, you know, like you want your nurses to be educated and doing well and all that, not like, oh, this patient is about to <laughs> yeah. like crump in front of me and then I've got yeah. this thing over here and like you're like t- torn in all the different positions or in different directions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It's really interesting <laughs> to think about. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I started working. Um, I'm not in the NICU anymore. I work in a um, surgery surgery center, and it's it's been an interesting journey. Uh, but I'm doing like four tens is kind of what our schedule is going to be. But it's still um, starting to open up. Like we're not even at full capacity yet, so it's been very chill. But um, now I'm like, oh, I'm thinking about going back to doing a travel contract in the NICU because the money is so good. And I'm like, but you're make now. I'm like, huh. Like dollars and cents versus the mental health or just the quality of life is different. It's very different, but it's it's hard to it is hard to pick. It's like suck it up, do a couple months, and then you take a month off. Exactly. You have a career that 
It's like, yeah, I don't need a month off. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard yeah, to even imagine that. Like, no. It's, it's, I I'm, yeah, I'm in grad school too. So it's like, oh, like, um, I'm doing nutrition and functional medicine. So, like, not nursing at all. Um, but I, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm stoked about. <laughs> it, I'm like, oh, that would be nice to like have an entire month or a couple months off. And like, cause I have to do like clinical hours too. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I could get all of that in. Or I'm also planning, we'll talk about this for you guys too. I'm planning a wedding and I'm like, that money would be great. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh, we're always like, we, we, know. we save money, but we're like, what if we just got this big catamaran boat and we all just partied on it? We're like looking at Oh my God. That's like one third of the week. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, um, that's going to be so amazing. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about. Yeah. So um, when did you guys get engaged? Congratulations, by the way. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, it was May of 2021. So. Okay. We'll probably be engaged for about two and a half years by the time we get married. Um, but we wanted to really take it slow and we wanted to save. Um, we did yeah. that contract in Northern California last our th- winter. Yeah, our thing was no stress. Everybody we talk to is always stressed about a wedding. So yeah. we figured if we give ourselves ample time, our family's ample time, mm-hmm. our friends ample time, that we could try to keep stress right. low. And at the time, it was still wishy-washy with, like, the COVID and the regulations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we, we figured, oh, we'll do January 2024 okay. with hopes of uh, the world being normal again. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy because it's almost like getting <laughs> finally, you know? Yeah. We'll it's a year away. You're out. You're out. Yeah. Yes. <gasps> yeah. Yes. So, so it's exciting. No games now just uh, booked our uh, preview visit because we're getting married in Cancun. Oh, so beautiful. yeah, so we're super excited and we have to um, make some decisions on our venue. So we're going in January and see what oh it's God. like at that time of year and all that. And try yeah. Food, so. Yeah, food tasting. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's so exciting. Amazing. I love a long yeah. engagement. That's nice. Yeah, like, yeah. We're, uh, I feel like enjoy it. Like I'll yeah. engage and they get yes. married two weeks later and it's like, all right. I also feel like our relationship's kind of like <laughs> – it's very different because of just like how it progressed and just like, you know what I mean? Like moving in together after two months and then when we moved to LA, it was normal for about a month and COVID broke out. So we yep. were in complete max isolation after just moving in and just mm-hmm. starting. Dating. Yeah. And um, the uh, murder of George Floyd occurred and we were lived in LA, like the city. So there were protests yeah, and there were army tanks in the street. There was curfews at like, yeah, one like in crazy. the afternoon, like, yeah, and we were night shifts, so oh my god, we don't even wake up at one p.m. Yeah, <laughs> so we'd wake up and we'd be like, "Oh, we have no food." And oh the my gosh, we shut down, and you just hear like choppers, like the police, um, you know, helicopters, <laughs> and just yeah. constantly circling. Like it was a really scary time, and like yeah, we like didn't like driving places. It was like horrible. And, and it's like you're a brand new relationship you just moved in together like, i mean that's oh, a lot <laughs> so that's a lot status, status post engagement life has been great though yeah <laughs> yeah that was a rough start to it but, but my point about that where i was going i always forget my points um but where i was going with that was that we like our relationship matured very quickly because we went through like very very serious things and like at the beginning of COVID, like we didn't know what was going to happen to you if you got COVID. Like we thought everyone was just going to die. So yeah. 
We're living our families all the way on the East Coast, Mass in New York. And we're like, we don't know what's going to happen to them. They're not here. We can't mm-hmm. see them because like we weren't supposed to see anybody. And um, so because we've been living together and like have had like such a solid relationship for us, like obviously the wedding was really important. But for us, it's like we have like this really great connection and union um so there was no rush like I feel like sometimes people are really rushed right they're like oh one year I gotta go do it but for us it's like the goals with like school and like securing our finances you know doing a few travel contracts just a a big picture yeah Yeah. the big picture that was what was most important for us so for anyone planning you know a wedding and the engagement thing don't let people you know like yeah yeah they're strong together and make your own decisions yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> that'll make you that'll make you happy and it's hard with your fam the families too that gets oh, yeah. a little muddy but, but <laughs> sure Emily's does. like oh no matter how nice I just got a really big one. Um my mom's side was huge and like they're they're helping us a little bit. So it's kind of like well we have to invite everyone on that side then because the input's tough. Mm-hmm. The one nice thing is we're funding our whole wedding, so that is nice. So the suggestion box, want. suggestion box is there. Sometimes you look at it, sometimes it stays closed. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you make your own decisions. Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, it's about you guys and your love. So yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. It's hard though. I'm sure. Like oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah little voices in your ears. <laughs> all the time it's tough there's a lot of dramatics that go into it and every like every now and again i'm like should we just elope yeah definitely (laughs) definitely get it i definitely get the people who just run off and say that to hell with it i feel like sometimes weddings are more for your family 100 percent for you which is kind of why are you like why do you care about this it's like i wouldn't care if you guys were doing it right they're Care a lot. <laughs> it brings out some really interesting qualities in people. <laughs> like, like, it's also might be generational. Like in the past, like getting married was like the best thing a woman could do, and now it's like, yeah. I could do is go to grad school like, you know? again. Exactly. Like, <laughs> like buy a house. I don't know. It's crazy. Oh my god! So you definitely can see where you're coming from. It's wild, <laughs> and I have it hasn't been very stressful. Um, we have a really long engagement too. We got engaged in July of 2021, so and we're our wedding's in June. Um, Perfect. so we did the like, yeah, I've had everything planned since like three months in. I feel like I was like, <laughs> cool venue, food, got it. I don't have to worry about it. But as we get closer, like the little like yeah. I don't know, I'm just like, whoa, like, rain it in. Oh my yeah. Goodness. In Colorado, you don't have to um, have an officiant to get married. Like you can like, it's called self-solemnization. Like we can just be like, yeah, we're married. And like, there doesn't have to be a witness or anything. So we weren't going to have an officiant. And my parents were like, did not want that. <laughs> I was like, they're like, well, then how are people going to know you're married? <laughs> they're going to be confused. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> like, it's literally the law in Colorado, so like, not sh- they're, they're, they're worried about my grandmother, like, not understanding. And I was like, holy, sh-. I was like, she's a smart woman. She's actually has like several master's degrees. Like, she's a smart woman. <laughs> it's crazy. People are crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, the, the thing with the church was interesting. Like, our, our both of our mothers are very Catholic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And- like they really, really love them. I think, church. yeah, the, the, that was funny. But yeah, then the funniest thing is we told, I told my parents, 
what uh what the date was and they were like we're gonna be alive this, yeah, this was, was like a year ago that we told I was like, none of you have a chronic condition. You know, and that was their first response. And I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It, was very- <laughs> like, it makes you feel bad. You're like, but, you know, if you're paying for it, it's like, you don't want to like just finance your, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, don't want to, people take out like big loans and no. stuff. Like, yeah, it's not after practical. the work we've done, I'm it's like, I say, yeah, it's, I don't know. So I think that's been like our funniest one, right? I can see the church being a big deal too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. My family's Catholic too. And I know that when the time comes, like my grandmother, I think it's going to be like grandparents more so that are going to have a big opinion about it. But like, I'm not going to get married in a Catholic church just because you want me to, you know, like if, if you want to, great. You know yes, what I mean? Like, sure. Not, uh, you know, right. I don't know. <laughs> like I want to be outside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my friend, um, she got engaged and married within like a month, like, and they just eloped to a courthouse and just did like close family. And even with just like parents and like siblings, there was still drama. It was like, Damn. we want you to have this cake from this bakery. And they were like, no, we want Tara oh to Like, <laughs> That's just not feasible. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. It is you, so, I mean, that's reassuring. We can't win no matter what. So no. <laughs> yeah. You literally you can't, can't make everyone happy, whatever. We'll be happy. Yeah, there oh. was like a, a minor hiccup with mine, like an issue we were going through lately. And my sister is like, she's like, all you got to care about is Bernard is there. I'm like, you got a point. Like, yeah that's really what it is about you know but you yep. get so caught up in like bride, like bride you know planning and the bachelor it's gotten like out of control like just yeah. the amount of things you have to do yes it's really overwhelming honestly yeah i'm in i'm in full-on like all of my friends are literally like married or engaged it's everyone it's i'm it's the year i'm 28 so it's been it's just been one after another after another i'm like yeah. oh my gosh just now like it's yeah yeah, it's fun, but it's like it's a lot. Yeah, it's overwhelming. It really yeah, is. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're, you know, you put school in the mix. And yeah, travel <laughs> nursing. You know, yeah, I feel that so so hard right now. It's so funny. My um my maid of honor is also getting married next year too, and a couple months after mine, and then her bachelorette parties before mine. Oh my god! And it's just been like. Oh my god! Like I don't have enough PTO. I don't yeah. have enough time, and I'm like, yeah, like let me just throw school in. Then we're gonna do a podcast as well, <laughs> and I'm gonna try and live my life. <laughs> like, it's wild. It's fine. I don't know how people do it without being a travel nurse. Like I feel like, like I can only do all these trips because I can group my days and because of the money that I'm making. Like how can normal people do this? Like Monday through Friday, you're crazy. How do you live? <laughs> yeah, how do you fit in anything? It's crazy. No. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it works if you have like little kids and they're in school. You know, maybe yeah. like yeah. Something, but other yeah. than that, I don't Five know. Five rough. Four is doable. Five is rough. I don't know. Yeah. Four mm-hmm. is great. Having a three-day weekend every week is yeah. like phenomenal. Yeah. It's great. Like in a row, it's you can't lovely. possibly recover. 
from work in like two days, like just two days off. Like I just feel like you need at least three to four. (laughs) No, it's too, especially at night. Yeah, we both refuse to do nights now. Like I can't ever do it again. Travelers now, that's what it is. I say days, days, no holidays, (laughs) epic only. Um, (laughs) we're my own scrubs, free parking. (laughs) What do you have? And bacon, egg, and cheese on campus. Exactly. Oh my god. I I am a brat now. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm requesting this week off, this week off, and this week off, like full a weeks, and they're just like, okay, whatever you want. Right. I'll find something that pays more anyways. Yeah, no, it's great. Oh my I gosh. love that. That is funny. I that the parking thing makes me think. I worked. I did a contract at Stanford. Oh um, my! I don't get don't me started. Get my pressure up every day. I don't know why. So expensive, and we we worked nights um, most of the time, so we could park in this certain lot. Like, because I was at I was at Packard, so oh, we could park. Uh, the reservation in the app that used to drive me. Oh, hell, oh, that wasn't a thing when I was there. Every day, every shift, you had to remember the night before. Oh, it would get me so angry. Oh, oh my gosh. God. Yep. That's some you bullshit. Didn't set an alarm for it, you'd miss it. You said Shit. earlier you don't have a bad thing to say about Stanford now. No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you were lying. <laughs> the tamales were good, though. They had a great cafeteria. Their cafeteria was good. That is true. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mm. that's amazing parking was and while parking i did a contract in boston and fifty dollars a day like fifty dollars a day at beth israel that's fucked up (laughs) i didn't i walked i was like absolutely not there were some nights that was five dollars at night but so i would do that sometimes but fifty dollars a day that's messed up yeah Oh my gosh, where I'm at now, I'm in, I'm at WVU in West Virginia and they're like, it's a huge, it's right next to the stadium. So it's like huge football school. Everybody goes, everybody parks their RVs. It's, it's an absolute shit show, but they, um, they kick us out on game day. Like we can't park there. Like they will tow your car. That's crazy. All right. So fuck it. Fuck it. Let the new one die. We got to celebrate football. Yes. And same with parents. Like, they're like, my baby's dying in the NICU. Can I, like, park here? And they're like, no. Damn. Isn't that yeah. crazy? It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. And everyone, you look out the window, it's all these just drunk people just tailgating that's... in your hospital parking lot. You're just like, what the fuck? As yeah. yeah, that's uncomfortable. Never pay for any type of parking. Like, oh, here's my thing. And see, this is the business piece that I'm talking about. It's perspective. If you got paid four dollars less an hour and your parking was free, we wouldn't be having this conversation. You would at least feel some worth. (laughs) Yeah. Versus like, uh, we charge you X amount. You know. Yeah. It's and the places that they're like, yep, I can charge you. I mean, Stanford is like an absurd amount of money a month. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a year or something. Was, I'm trying to remember. It was, it was 16 a day. Something like that. 16 a day. And I was with the reservation. Um, But that was for their staff, too. Yeah. Yeah. We well, had to go. I understand that. 
we had to go to like on campus and like find the parking office and like get tickets. I was there in 2017 and we had to like go. Yeah. There wasn't any automated system. You had to like actually physically go. And I was like working night shift and it's 30 minutes away from my house. And I was like, this is like fucking stupid, (laughs) (laughs) but they get paid. My best friend from nursing school works at, at um, Packard still. Oh, they she take gets care paid while, yeah. so much money. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. so much. It's a great place besides yeah. parking. <laughs> <laughs> Where have you guys all traveled? Like, what? how many assignments have you guys done? I don't know. I've done a lot. Let's see. I've just done New York and California, though. Okay. I'm over licensed in Washington and Arizona, too, but haven't used those yet. I've done... I don't know. You've done, done a lot. I've done a lot. I don't know. Maybe I, I had to that. guess. I don't know. 12, maybe 12, 15. I don't know. I've done a lot. Awesome. Of yeah. I think I've only done like four or five because I was staff for a little bit and then I went mm-hmm. back to travel for a few assignments. So he's done it. Done a lot, a lot of crazy longer. stuff. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I did, I tried the, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the whole work is just per diem at Kaiser. Did any of you ever come across? No, no. So, like, because Kaiser's rate's so high, some nurses will not live in the state of California, and they'll fly in, bang out a few double shifts, and then fly back. Oh, wow. So, I did that for a couple months. But the flight thing, it just got old after a while. Oh, I can imagine. That's exhausting. I would fly out there, like, every other week. I would do, like, three 16s in a row, like, right off the plane to try to, like, optimize the cash flow versus, like, the time in Cali. Mm -hmm. And that was just – Because you're – after what eight hours you're in time and a half and then after the 12 double time mm-hmm. so it was like i think like two or three thousand a shift <laughs> yeah so you, <laughs> the taxes are wild though but it's like I was, flying, I was flying so like i would get a ton of free flights mm-hmm. and you get like the vip status on all your flights and the rental cars were almost free that's nice. so, you know what i mean it's like I don't know. Give yeah. and take once again. Oh my gosh. Huh. Yeah. But flying from the East Coast, that's like, that's brutal. Yeah. If you were yeah. like a little closer, like if you were like, you know, a one flight. Sure. We'll do that. Like in it from Arizona, I think they fly in a lot. Right. Yeah. If you're Arizona, Washington, even maybe, I feel like as far as Texas. And then, yeah. Kind of like, eh. It's a long flight though from rough. the East Coast. I was it- literally, I was so tired. I would sleep the whole flight and be like, damn, I'm here already. <laughs> Yeah. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. And you wake up, like, all right, just over. Or, all right, time to go back home. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm sure you're so tired the second your eyes close, like you're just like instantly no. sleeping. Uh, no. Oh my yeah. gosh. That is crazy. That's probably um, Did you ever work in New York City or just upstate? Never. Never. Okay. okay. We were always afraid. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard really bad stories about the city. So you just steered clear. Yes. Yeah. That's- I worked there over the summer and I hated my life. For 30 years. Who was? My aunt was a nurse oh, for 30 aunt. years. She always told me horror stories. You were there? I was there over the summer. I worked, I'm an idiot. I worked in Harlem. It was, <laughs> it was horrible. Horrible. I believe yeah. It. Horrible. It was so unsafe. And um, yeah, yeah, like they did not know right. what they were doing with these babies. And I was just like, I can't be here anymore. Like I was so, so afraid for them. And. And it's they didn't wild. treat me well. They floated me like it was bad. Where did they float naked? They would float me to the peds, which like, okay. And, 
you know, that's a usual, that's typical, like peds and pick you. Like I think pretty much any NICU assignment now, that's what they're doing. They're floating you to like those units, especially with RSV season. Um, but typically they try to give you like appropriate ages, like babies to like two or three, which is still mm-hmm. like old for me, but um, at least it's like they're trying. But like I went to this peds unit in Harlem and they they tried to give me a 20 year old that had like flu and AIDS and like a heart um, infection. And I was like, what the fuck? I don't know anything about anything. Like, yeah. So then they switched my assignment and I got a four year old, five year old, nine year old and 10 year old. And I was just like winging it completely. Like it was terrible. It's a not. It's a terrible feeling. It's such, such a bad feeling. feeling. Oh my god. Yeah, I mean we've we've, we've had we we joke about it. We have like our top ten. Like we'll we'll talk about like our top ten worst shifts. like assignments or shifts. And I think the funniest one I've ever had was uh we were at Cedar Sinai in Los Angeles, and we get floated to this unit. We're in the float pool there, and I walked into the break room, and it was like the music stopped when I walked in. It was like. Uh, here's the float pool guy. We're going to give him the crappiest assignment ever. And uh, they gave me four confused patients all at different corners of the unit. So it's like, you know, it was on purpose. You knew it was trash. Yeah. And then none of them spoke English. All spoke a different language. They all four of them spoke a different language. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And I just sat there and I didn't do anything. And they were like, they all were confused. We refused all their meds and stuff. And I played the little um, translator game, the first round of uh, introductions. It was a joke. They were not with it at all. Oh my and God. the whole night, they're like, you're not going to do anything about your patients? They're very loud. I was like, yeah, it is what it is. I was like, you guys gave me these four patients. I'm not going to do anything about it. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, the treatment <laughs> of like at certain places, like being, I'm sure you guys have encountered things like that. But like as being a traveler, especially in like med search, Shelly, step down. Like, they will just give you either, like, the highest acuity patients that are, like, kind of borderline ICU that nobody wants or, like, the most difficult patients, like, the most behavioral um, challenging patients or or the people who have been there for, like, 40 days. It's like, why did you give this to me and I'm coming here for one shift when you guys all know this patient? And, like, because, you know, there's, like, certain behavioral patients where they know, like, how to set their boundaries because they create, like, a relationship with them and, it's just not some, good for the patient it's at funny the end of now. the day. It's funny now. It definitely yeah, you can laugh about it a little bit now, but when it happens, it's just not funny at yeah. all. And, um, yeah, we've had some wild nights. Yeah, and the bullying yeah. is, like, really, really bad, mm. um, especially, like, football, being a traveler. You know, you just get, like, just the worst, and nobody wants to help you. And it's tough, too, because it's like, you know, as a traveler, we're supposed to have a pretty good attitude. Like, I'm definitely a team player. Yeah. He definitely is. Um, so that – is very, you know, just disheartening, you know, for the profession in general. It is. It's like, it's very disturbing too, because like you're playing with people's lives, like, because you're not going to be able to give good, like we were talking about earlier, but you're not going to be able to give good care if you have like the busiest assignment or yeah, it's just, it's messed up. I think if you work in it too long, you just don't, you kind of like, you're weirdly jaded. Like it's just a job and it's kind of like, it should never be just a job for what we do. Like mm-hmm. you should take more time off mm-hmm. or like kind of, I don't know. You got to yeah. implement some stuff. Change so your specialty. Do you something different. 
It's like, you shouldn't be doing this if you really feel like that. It's like, mm-hmm. that's your right to feel like that, but you should really, really think about switching up. Yeah. Yeah. And people, you find so that so frequently. So yeah. frequently. I was having this conversation with somebody in the break room and I was like, did you imagine if everybody was nice that we worked with? I was like, this shit would be so easy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It'd be, so be great. Easy. Imagine everybody was nice. Like helpful. You didn't have to be the smartest. It could be everybody was just nice. Like, this would be so easy. Yeah. That's so true. Even like every, like including like your providers, that would be great. Everybody. Like if you had a great relationship with them, like, and you're, everyone would be, so, it would be lovely. Yeah. One day. Yeah, that's <laughs> I know. It's interesting too, because like in my position now, like I it just encounter very different like relationships. Sure. Not being a staff nurse anymore, not being a bedside nurse, like. I have to communicate with a lot of providers about like the necessity of like fully catheter or a central line because, you know, they can cause infection. Like, does it need to be in? Can we take it out? Things that, you know, they have a lot of patients. They can't always look at all those things. And mm-hmm. just like for my small interactions with that, like they're just so much more kind than if I was, you know, the roles were reversed and I was a staff nurse, like mm. asking for something. And it's really upsetting because it's like, you know, I wear like sometimes like a little white coat to my job and it's like now I'm respected. Right. Nothing really changed. Like I'm still the same person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. deserve to be treated with respect. But now Mm -hmm. I'm given more respect because you see me in like more of a authoritative role, which is just awful. Yeah. Weird hospital hierarchy. Yeah. (laughs) It's so true. weird. Mm -hmm. Ugh. Yeah. But on a, on a brighter note, <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, it's, there's a lot that, uh, healthcare needs to like work on. Like, but I do mm-hmm. think like our generation is like going to improve that. I do. Like, it's I think, spoken about. I think at least yeah. speaking about it as a start, you know, it's like yeah. anything else you got to start somewhere and it's yeah. like other people, other generations, they wouldn't even talk about it. So yeah. You hear yeah. like older nurses, they're like, Oh, when I was like first started, like we just sucked it up and da da da. Or like they just like did whatever yes. they needed like, to do. No, whatever. Oh, Barb, this is not going down like this. <laughs> it is Barb's around. Oh, Carol, <laughs> Barb, Carol, Barb. Kathy. Oh my god! <laughs> One of the nurses is telling me like they used to make like special little coffees for the doctors. Like it was like, and they would like serve it to them. And I'm like, what? oh. Walking around, light, lighting their cigarettes for the doctors. Like, Jesus. Yeah, that is a very interesting relationship there. Yeah. Yeah, that's Especially weird. Being, like female dominated. I think that's yes. thing. And we, we like experience oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that because we work in the same specialty and like we would never tell people that we were like a couple or anything. Like we'd mm-hmm. be very professional. Like people, we would always tell people at the end of the contract, they'd be like, what? They're like, we didn't know you guys knew each other because we just like are very professional. But the way they would treat him versus me, like completely different. I would literally hustle, like hustle hard at a lot of these contracts. And like they would love me, make me break nurse. They're like, oh, she's great. But like he would do one thing, like one little thing. And everyone's like, oh, we're there. Oh my gosh! Like, literally, they're like, 
Okay. Oh <laughs> my god. I'm like sweating and like down, like covered in C diff, like oh. And yeah, I'm you have just, to prove yourself like so much more. It's, it's, di- it's very it's different, different the way they receive him versus. Yeah, him. and probably like make mm. assumptions too. Like, oh, are you the doctor? And like, like, I'm, have yeah. you gotten that before? Yeah. Yep, that exists. Yeah. <clears throat> but we need, we do need male nurses. Like, absolutely. Yeah. We love our male nurses. It's pretty awesome. It's crazy that like you came from accounting too. Like that's like yeah. such a crazy different world. <laughs> so oh my gosh. Uh, oh my gosh. I, I sat down there. I was like, I can't do this for thirty years or until I retire. I, was like, I can't do this. Hell no. Yeah, I definitely no. can't do that. Yeah. I love math, but no, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. CPA is like a good career, but it's... yeah, you couldn't do it, man. You got to um, do something you like. I don't know. I couldn't do it. 100%. Yeah. Life is way too short to be doing something that yeah. you doesn't bring you joy or passion you're not passionate about. Yeah. So, you agreed. Always feel important as a nurse. You always feel like some sense needed. of yeah, some sense of reward or satisfaction or contribution to the world mm-hmm. one way or another. Yeah, it, it's fulfilling. You're helping people directly and yeah, and the, and we're always going to be needed too. Mhm. Yep. Always. Yep. So, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, what advice well, would you guys give to like young nurses or people in nursing school, um, just based on all of the experience that you guys have had? What do you got? All right. Here you. Uh, all right, I'll go first. <laughs> I think that nurses should try to get their two-year degree first at a community college if they can. Oh, you're going real logistics And then here. you can go get your BSN online for a very, very low price. That's not for everyone. Some people want the four-year college. Some people want to go away to college. That's not for everyone. But if you're looking financially and logistically, I think that's a really smart decision. Um, and then work in a specialty you like. Don't work in med surge if you don't want to work there. I know they're going to tell you you got to work there, but you don't got to work there. Um, and, you know, if you want to travel, go do that. If you want to, you know, advance your degree, do that. Um, try not to listen to the Debbie Downers of the nursing world because – they far outweigh the people who have positive outlooks. At least feels that way. Um, and you don't mm-hmm. have to tell, don't like, you don't have to tell everybody all your plans all the time. Um, Cause you know, people are always going to have something negative to say. So just mm-hmm. follow what you want to do and um, stay true to yourself because it's like when you become not authentic about that is when I feel like you can go down the wrong road. Yeah. That's yeah, great yeah, advice. All the good answers. That's great. Advice. Advice. All of that's great. <laughs> Oh man, I had a good one. No, um, my best advice to any new nurse or anyone thinking about aspiring to be nursing is to always just keep in mind that there is life outside of nursing. I feel like because the field is the way that it is and takes so much of us, sometimes it can um, overshadow your identity, but mm-hmm. always maintain your life outside of nursing mm-hmm. and maintain healthy relationships. I think that's really important. And whatever your goal is, just just do it. Just try to do it. No matter how crazy or outlandish it sounds, you can always tuck your tail and go back to where you started if you fail at that goal. But you probably won't fail at the goal if it's something that you're really, really passionate about. Oh, that's great advice. I love that. Oh, you guys are amazing. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. My last question 
is, are we going to see you at TravCon next year? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Lindsay, where were you this year? <laughs> I, told, I told her the whole time. I was just like, oh, you're lost with Lindsay's fiance the whole trip. <laughs> you are like, yep. But I was like, Renard. I know you. I was like, that's Renard. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think you were like one of five. Yeah, I was like, I know you. It's so funny. People say that they're also. <laughs> yeah, they're we like... got. I was like, you got to go. I was like, you would have loved it. She yeah. tries to steal my bag every time. The uh, the everything bag. bag, all the yeah. swag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. No. I I gotta go. I know. Oh my gosh, go. come come next year. We'll have so much fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah it was a blast. Yeah, it's it was way. so fun. It's going to be even was, better next year because we're all like friends now. And I know, yeah. I know. everyone is I so awesome. awesome. Like everyone that's there and like everyone is so like minded. And oh, it was, was just say, a blast. Very similar personalities. Now yeah. it looks. Yeah. It was cool. It was super fun. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Can't wait. Can't wait for next year. <laughs> yes. Well, where can everyone find you guys on the socials? All right. My social is lost with Lindsay and I spell Lindsay with the E and the I. Um, so you can find me there and then, or you could find Renard at his page and find me there as well. <laughs> so mine is, I'm usually more active on Instagram at R underscore underscore walk or nurse Renard. Awesome. Awesome. Yay. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much thank for having us. This was fun. This so is fun. awesome. Yeah. All Bye, right. guys. Bye, guys. We'll talk to you soon. I feel like we got some good stuff in there. Maybe. This podcast is produced by Emily Richardson and Hannah Quirk. The intro music is by Dan Lemire. Please help us out and rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at drunkordelirious or send us an email at drunkordelirious at gmail.com.